0: Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would help us this morning uh, to hear and to understand what you're saying. Uh, Father, maybe in a, a slightly less familiar passage, but we ask that you would indeed be our help and our strength and our salvation today. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Every year, there's lots of excitement uh, about the John Lewis Christmas advert. Uh, A few years back, uh, perhaps you remember this one, uh, it featured the hibernating bear uh, who was woken up to enjoy his first ever Christmas, to see the splendour of Christmas. Uh, And then another year, there was Monty the Penguin, uh, the little boy who had the little penguin uh, as, a, as a pet uh, and it turned out it was a stuffed toy. And who could forget Buster, the boxer dog, jumping around on the trampoline? Hopefully you remember uh, some of those. Uh, have you seen this year's John Lewis Christmas advert? Uh, it features Excitable Edgar, uh, a baby dragon who seems to be ruining Christmas By getting excited. You see, every time he gets excited, he blows fire from his nostrils and melts the children's snowman and the village ice rink. He even sets the village Christmas tree on fire. And then it's Christmas Day. And everyone's together at a big long table uh, for Christmas dinner. Uh, and in he comes and everyone ducks under the table uh, in case he does more destruction. But instead he uses his fire breathing for good and he lights the Christmas pudding. Uh, and you can even get uh, the excitable Edgar Dragon stuffed toy uh, if you want to remember at that Christmas advert. Now, other brands and other shops are available. Uh, I'm not being paid this morning by John Lewis in any way. Uh, In our reading today, though, uh, we find that there's a dragon in this telling of the nativity story. And perhaps when you heard it being read, you thought to yourself, what's a dragon doing in the nativity? It's definitely the weirdest nativity That you've ever heard. Maybe though you were thinking to yourself. uh, It's a bit like some of those school nativity plays. That you've maybe uh, heard about. Or sat through. uh, Which have an abundance of extra characters. Uh, Most famously in one movie. uh, A lobster. What's a lobster doing in the nativity? Uh, Is that what's going on here? We don't find any of the shepherds. Or the wise men, but we have this great big red dragon. So, what's going on? What is it all about? And what could it possibly tell us about Christmas? Well, before we dive into the passage itself, we need to get our bearings because we've landed into the middle of a book. We're here in the book of Revelation. A series of visions revealed to John the Apostle, and written down for the church. These visions are painted in broad brushstrokes, almost like cartoons. Explaining, uh, sorry, uh, using pictures to show what's going on behind the scenes, explaining why things are the way they are and encouraging Christians to keep faithful, even in the midst of tremendous opposition and persecution. And as we get into verse 1, page 1241 in the Pew Bibles, John sees a great and wondrous sign in heaven. He sees a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Now, it sounds like this might be Mary, the pregnant lady of Christmas time. And sometimes uh, you might see statues or pictures of her portrayed in this kind of way. But this isn't Mary as such. You see, Mary wasn't wearing the sun and resting her feet on the moon when she arrived in Bethlehem. This picture imagery is pointing to the people of Israel, the nation as a whole, as being this pregnant woman. Do you remember Joseph? Not Mary's Joseph of Christmas time, but the Joseph in Genesis, the one with the amazing Technical or dream codes. Well, in one of his dreams in Genesis 37 uh, is of the sun and the moon and 11 stars bowing down to him. And his father Jacob, called Israel as well, uh, interpreted as Joseph's dad and mum and his 11 brothers bowing down to him. And so the, the people of Israel are pregnant. They're waiting for the arrival of their promised Messiah, their promised king. They have come eventually to the time of his arrival, of his birth. And then John sees the second sign. An enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on his heads. His tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. It's a fearsome beast. A dragon with one head would be bad enough, but uh, seven heads. And the dragon has got into place. He's ready and waiting for the birth. Not to help out, not to give a gift. But, well, we see in verse 4. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that he might devour her child the moment it was born. The dragon is out to devour and destroy. It doesn't want this child to be born. It doesn't want this child to grow up and fulfill his life's mission. And so is waiting for the moment to get rid of him. I wonder, does this remind you of anyone in the Christmas story? You see, behind King Herod is this fiery dragon. When Herod hears that the king of the Jews has been born, he sends his soldiers to destroy the baby king. In verse 5, we get a glimpse of exactly who the baby is. She gave birth to a son, a male child who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. The one who rules the nations with an iron scepter is the anointed king, the Messiah, the Christ, who is God's son, as we heard from Psalm 2 this morning. And so this is definitely the birth of Jesus in view here. And the devouring dragon is unsuccessful in his task. Verse 5. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. Now in just one sentence, just those few words, we get an overview of the birth and life and death and resurrection and ascension of the Lord Jesus. The dragon didn't devour him. Jesus was victorious and rules from God's throne. But that doesn't stop the dragon's attempts at devouring. John then sees that there is war in heaven. Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon and his angels. And again the dragon loses loses more than the war he loses his place in heaven and if we were still in any doubt about who this dragon is it's spelled out for us there in verse 9 the great dragon was hurled down that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray remember back in Genesis chapter three, back when would it have been September, October time? And who was it that led Eve and Adam astray? The tempter was the serpent. But he didn't just stop with Adam and Eve. He continues to lead people astray. And not just one or two or a few, but the whole world. Leading people astray. That's his first tactic. Tempting people. Taking them off the straight path. Devouring them by disobedience. But then in verse 10 we see the second tactic. Satan literally means the accuser. And he accuses Christians before God day and night. He says something like this, God, do you see what he has done wrong today? How can you still love him after all that? God, did you hear what she said today? Do you really want her as part of your people? He leads astray and then he accuses. He tries to remind you of your past. He tries to tell you that God really doesn't love you with all those wrong things that you've done. Perhaps you've heard the dragon whispers this week. Maybe you've you've smelt the fiery breath of the dragon nearby. But as someone once said, if Satan reminds you of your past, Remind him of his future. Revelation 12 shows us that the dragon is on the losing side. No matter how powerful or fearsome he may appear, he is a defeated dragon. He didn't devour Jesus. He he lost the war in heaven and he loses against Christian believers. So how is that possible? Well, it's possible because of the victory of Christ. At verse ten, in the Christian's life, for his salvation and power and the kingdom of God and the authority of His Christ, and we share in that victory. In verse eleven, they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. The dragon is defeated by the blood of the lamb. Trusting that Jesus died for you. And has taken away all the things that Satan accuses you of. And by the word of their testimony. Your witness to God's power in your life. That word testimony is the word from which we get the word martyr who is a witness uh, through their death. I wonder, are we prepared to stand up for Jesus, to witness for him, even if it brings the death of our social standing or our social life uh, or even our physical death? The devil dragon has lost. His final doom is now certain and he knows that his time is short. But that doesn't mean that he gives up fighting and settles for a quiet life. Look at the end of verse 12. Woe to the earth and the sea because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. And that's what we see in the rest of the chapter. He first tries to pursue the woman who had given birth to the male child. The people of Israel have often been on the receiving end of opposition and persecution and violence. Anti-Semitism continues. And yet God provides for her preservation through all that happened. And so the devil changes tack. Who is in his sights now? Verse 17. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to make war against the rest of her offspring, those who obey God's commandments and hold to the testimony of Jesus. Who's that? You and me. Christians. You see, the devil doesn't really take you seriously if you're already following him. He doesn't need to worry about you if you're his. But when you repent, when you trust in Jesus and follow Jesus, then you have a new enemy. When you take the Christian faith seriously, then the devil starts to take an interest in you. And when churches are seeing growth and seeing people come to faith and grow in faith, then that's when you can be sure that the devil will come knocking. But that shouldn't cause us to worry. You see, we have the victory In Jesus. The blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony guarantee us victory over our defeated, devilish, dragony foe. The dragon shows up here in the Nativity. Perhaps the weirdest Nativity you've ever heard or seen. But the dragon didn't get to devour the Christ child. And he won't devour Christ's brothers or sisters because Jesus has the victory. Let's pray. <coughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, another a picture of the nativity, another way of looking at this story. And Father, we thank you that uh, Jesus wins. We thank you that uh, though our enemy is fearsome, that Jesus is more powerful and Jesus has defeated him. Father, we pray that you would help us Uh, To stand firm. Help us uh, to know your power. And help us to know your victory this Christmas. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.